Welcome to the HR Means Business podcast, which is part of the HR Happy Hour Network. I am your host, Mervyn Dinham. Today, I want to take a look ahead to 2024, some of the strategies, the challenges, priorities that human resource teams will have. Um, and I'm I'm delighted to be joined by a lady called Kay Phelps from a consultancy PR in HR. They have recently published a research report uh, looking at HR strategies. They've spoken with uh, a number of HR uh, people in both the UK and the US uh, and compiled a uh, trends, challenges, and also during the conversation, we'll have a bit of a look at maybe what the technology companies might be needing to do in 2024 to, to bring HR more on side. Uh, firstly, Kay, would you like to welcome to the HR Means Business podcast, and would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you. It's lovely to be here. Thank you, Mervyn. Um, so yes, I'm Kay Phelps, um, and I've been a PR in the HR sector for a scarily long time, about 30 years now. Um, but we're basically a PR agency specializing in this. You know, it's it's such a noisy, lively, vibrant market, and, and we know it really well. So um, our customers need to share a voice to raise awareness and build trust. Um, but what they find is there's an awful lot of direct and indirect competition um, trying to get into the workplace media. So we help them do that. But um, we did the research because... Um, it helps our clients and potential clients as well. The report is unique, I think. It adds weight to our work, but it also helps steer supplier um, suppliers to the HR actions. So, for instance, it shows HR issues, absolutely, but those are not, not new. Lots of people know about those. Um, it also shows where HR buying intentions are. But it also shows um, and gives a snapshot of what is stopping HR buy. And what helps them make decisions, excuse me, decisions, it helps them make decisions. So it's really, really interesting. Mm. Um, and this year, we also created a report. So it actually shows the views of both UK and US HRs. Fascinating. And we're going to begin to to um, pick the report apart, shall we say, and, and mm -hmm. look at the key trends and themes. Um, so in terms of uh, HR priorities, um, there are kind of five areas that I think the, 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 that these fall into. So if I take them one by one, I think the, the most pressing one uh, that I picked up from the report was talent strategy. Yes, absolutely correct. And in fact, just to go back a slight step, we found that um, 69 percent of the HR respondents had created or adjusted their HR strategy in the previous uh, 12 months. And 67% plan on buying new products or services. So there's an awful lot of um, growth and room and change and things going on in the HR market. But with talent specifically, um, we found some of the major issues that they're experiencing. And, and most of these won't be a surprise. But attracting and recruiting the best candidates is, is the biggest issue by far with both um, UK and US respondents. Um, many said that retention was still a huge problem and then fairly equally split, but interesting that you can see where employers are struggling. It's identifying and addressing skills gaps, um, providing valuable opportunities to their staff and also um, a, a big one, providing flexible work opportunities for all that's still pressing on the minds. We found in the um, talent um, section of this that a third of HRs are considering purchase, excuse me, purchasing new services or products. 
Interestingly, um, 36% of um, UK respondents said they're um, planning on buying new stuff. And 30% um, of US respondents said they're planning on buying new um, support for, um, for their talent issues. We also asked about budgets um, and whether they've changed. 52% said they did increase budgets for talent strategy in the last year. So there's there's a lot of growth. There's a lot of movement. Um, and again, just to, uh, to show a slight difference in the UK, 48 percent that they've had increased budgets and 56 percent said there's increased budgets, budgets in the States. Interesting. Uh, talent strategy is obviously that seems to me from all the conversations I've had recently to be top of mind. Um, yeah particularly what you said about retention, uh, because one of the things that, that I've noticed, uh, which, which in some respects I'm pleased about, because this, a lot of my a lot of my research and writing is focused around kind of you know, employee experience and work experience uh, is is employee experience um, and, and as being a key priority, which I believe you also found pretty much alongside talent strategy as being key. Absolutely. In fact, we actually found that as the biggest, uh, the biggest thing on um, HR's mind at the moment. Um, it's become their biggest challenge. Uh, and it's it, it is reflecting, as you say, employers ongoing needs to retain and engage staff. Um, and there's wide, uh, there's a lot of wide ranging issues within employee experience. So we found that in both the US and the UK, employee experience is getting the most attention by HRs. 42% have created or adjusted strategies in the past, and 35% um, are still considering buying new um, support in the, in the next year. Um, in fact, employee experience was the most um, pressing thing for US HR respondents, um, uh, not for the UK. I'll, I'll go on to the UK's most pressing one uh, in a little bit. But there are specific issues, and this is where I say they're wide ranging. Um, the biggest one is ensuring employees have sufficient opportunities for career and skills development. Um, this is followed very closely by understanding the best ways to identify and address well-being issues. Um, also, responding to changes in engagement and morale motivation, that's really causing some issues for HR, as, as well as maintaining productivity, you know, especially when people could be working in so many different locations. Um, and it's also because it's so pressing for HR, it's actually um, seen the biggest change in budgets. 53% said their organization's budgets have increased in the last 12 months. Um, and that's 51% in the UK and 56% in the US. Okay. Um, previously, I suppose in previous years and times, things like OD uh, would have been, uh, I suppose, top of the list. But um, I mean, it's featured in your research. Would you say org design is is still as, as important or prevalent or, or are people more focused on attracting, retaining and developing? It's definitely slipped down, I think. Um, so we don't have a direct cap comparison from before, but from our knowledge, and as you say, organizational excuse me, organizational design was so important after you know the pandemic hit. And it, it's almost like either OD in this report has either shown that Maybe it's not part of the HR function because that is, you know, sometimes the case. And it might be because, you know, there was so much change after the pandemic that now, you know, things have settled down. But yeah, only um, a quarter of HRs um, have adjusted strategies in the last year. 
Um, and, and most of those were 20, uh, so 29% was in the UK, 19% in the US, so a marked difference between the regions. Um, and again, 25% are considering purchasing new services in the in the future. Okay, now, uh, previous years, um, DEIMB uh, would have featured very highly. Um, is it, I, I'm getting the impression that, it, you know, it's definitely part of the agenda and it, it, it's almost now part of the agenda as opposed to a specific priority. Is is that what you were finding or is it a bit of a mix? Um, it's a bit of a mix, but what we're finding so of late DEIB, and there's all sorts of names for DEIB, yeah, it could be yeah. EDI, you know, DEI, whatever it is, but basically diversity, equality, inclusion, belonging initiatives are coming under a bit of attack. Um, and it's been noted in several um, media publications that this is the case, there's a bit of a backlash, and that's been very recent. Um so and then there's also, you know, it comes under the, the political discussions as well. So um, but the research from this report shows that it's still really, really important. In fact, in the UK, it's the highest priority still. Um, they've been most concerned about DEIB um, and um, looking ahead, 32 percent of HRs, US and UK are, are considering buying new products or service to help with strategies. So it's still a really um, it's really high up there. And of course, there are so many challenges within that. The issues within DEIB are, are you know, it, they're widespread. So so understanding that from this report is really interesting. Mm. I mean, most of the things we're talking about here, I suppose, are fairly kind of cultural in terms of organizational culture. Um, um, there, there's a lot of talk uh, and a lot of speculation, a lot of stuff I read. Uh, looking into the future, I've been part of a couple of um, projects as well in the last year where we're trying to map out potential uh, what the future might look like for certain areas of the the the, the world of work. Um, are you finding a future of work to be a priority at the moment or with so much going on as we're talking about and so many pressures post pandemic in terms of you know how, when, where, where we work, how we keep people a change on in maybe in in what our employees are looking for and how they want to be treated um is the future of work um and and i suppose building sustainable business for the future uh still very much on the agenda or is it slipping back would you say no no it's absolutely on the agenda um and um it's almost like the future of work is now so uh, you know when we talked about the future of work a couple of years ago it still seemed like it was somewhere in the future but from now what you're reading it's 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 changed completely. So absolutely, um, future of work strategies um, are seeing change. In fact, they're seeing the biggest change when it comes to what products or service HR is buying. Um, the number of HRs who said they are have bought a service or product um, increased by 14 percentage points in the last year um, compared to the year previously. There's a regional difference, too. Um, in the US, the number increased by 19 percentage points. And in the UK, interestingly, increased by nine percentage points. So there is a difference there. Um, looking ahead, 32 percent of the respondents um, are considering buying new products or services. This is 36 percent in the UK and 29 percent in the US. So it might be that there's a bit of a catch up going on. And 47 percent said that they've had budgets increased in this area so yeah there's a lot of movement and uh, budgets increase this is to kind of i suppose address the future or to to um uh, make the business fu future ready 
Well, so what they're saying is, is their challenges um there are there are a lot of challenges, but skills are the biggest issue. Um, mm. So they're really worried about ensuring employees have adaptable skill sets. Um, they're really concerned about understanding the ways AI, generative AI, will impact employees and the organisation. And because there's so much uh, 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 there's so much change, that creating a clear roadmap and then a clear strategy is also on their mind. They're not you know they they're not sure how to do that really yet. Okay. Not all of them. Okay. Um, so the future as yet is obviously unwritten um, and, and organisations, I'm getting the impression, are, are preparing or, or are looking into, what I suppose, many different potential scenarios. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they're, they're keeping their eyes open, but it's hard to know. It's hard for even the most, uh, the experts in the future of work, you know, they don't know exactly what's happening either of the, of the people I've talked to. It's all, it's all something we're learning as we go. Okay. Um, what are the main, um, from, from the conversations you've had, what would you say are the main barriers to, to addressing these? We've been through, obviously, the five key areas uh, that, that, that companies are trying to address. What's, what do they find most difficult? Is it getting buy-in? Is it getting budget? Is, is it understanding the solutions available? Is it having the solutions available? What, 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 what seems to be the problem? Well, actually, I, re I really like this section because we actually split it out into two different ways. We we split it out into the internal barriers that HR are facing. Then we also um, looked at what the external barriers and how um, suppliers can help. Um, so reduce the barriers. So internal barriers, absolutely not surprising. Um, economic business uh, complexities means that budget cuts have been an impact. Um, it's much harder for HRs to address their issues. Um, but there are regional differences with that as well. 32% of UK and 24% of US respondents said restricted budgets were a barrier. Um, I found that there was a more interesting story behind that, though, because budgets, I don't think, will surprise anyone. They're also having trouble creating HR strategies that are adaptable, flexible enough for continuously changing landscape. Um, they lack a data, um, sorry, they lack data or information to understand their issues or plan a strategy. Um, and they also lack um, subject matter experts. They are finding it difficult to form a solid buying decision because of that. So there's really interesting stuff there. And then factors where suppliers can really influence and impact this um, is the biggest issue HR says is that they can't find the right supplier to meet their strategic needs. Um, they also say they can't find a, a H, uh, sorry, a brand with the right cultural fit. And sometimes they don't even know if there's a product or a service that will support them. So to me, that totally underlines how important it is share of voices. Um, it's, it's a very lively, noisy sector. And so um, brands want to get heard more. OK, um, before we look uh, more into the, I suppose, the solutions marketplace, what what um, I mean, you've, you've just touched on this, so I'll expand it a little bit. What what kind of support, um, again, from your conversations and the research, what kind of support do HR teams need? Yeah, I, I also really liked this one. I found it really interesting. So they really want um, information on other companies issues 
and how those companies have solved them. So basically, really strong, unbiased case studies showing data and, and improvements. Now, we all know that's really, really hard um, to actually create good case studies like that. You know, a lot of companies don't want to um, divulge their company secrets to have them published in a case study. But the companies that are willing to um, support that are very, very useful. I'm going to pause a second. Can you actually hear my dog snoring? I can't, no. Okay, good. <laughs> he's very elderly and he's just, he's clearly in a deep, deep sleep. <laughs> so um, they also want um, practical advice from subject matter experts, largely because they seem to not have them internally, which makes sense. So um, they want vendors, experts to know the market. They need the data. They need to know the organizational issues. They need to know how to overcome challenges. So bringing really rich experience and knowledge to support um, smart buying decisions is what they want. Um, just selling the benefits of your product or service, is it doesn't, doesn't work here at all. Um, and HRs also want clear evidence of the impact of initiatives and um, and how they will affect, excuse me, affect broader business objectives. So they want to know how new processes will support all the stakeholders, whether that's the C-suite or employees or, you know, or, or wider. OK, um, uh, you and I both know, and, and I'm sure uh, many of the people listening to this, hopefully listening to this, uh, have, have been to events, conferences, expos, um, and you walk the floor and there's obviously many, many, many myriad of solutions um, uh, all jumping out. Um, but the, the, the what, what are the reasons? You've begun to outline them. Uh, the HR people that, that you talk to, I suppose, where do they find it difficult to engage with suppliers? Is it because they just don't fully understand, um, I suppose, um, what a solution can do for them? Or is it that, that, that things are not marketed or discussed in a way that I suppose, you know, somebody leading an HR department can say, I can see how we can use that. What 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 seems to be the, the from the conversations you've had with HR leaders? What are their main barriers? It's it's actually fascinating. Um, and it's it, it comes down to um, some really logical emotional buying decisions you know we found that 71 percent are more likely to buy from a brand that knows the market so they want a brand that has the expertise and can help them and support them um and again 70 percent need to know the brand has a strong reputation in the field so they really want comfort in their buying decisions um Nearly 70%, 69% want to listen to or read content from subject matter experts. Um, they really like learning and the media in this space is excellent in parting useful educational content. So there are, as you say, there are so many ways that a brand can get in front of HR decision makers. Um, and I went to an exhibition, um, it was a learning event and the amount of suppliers there was overwhelming and I wasn't there to buy anything you know so so making sure you have a share of voice is is really important and using as many communication channels as properly as pro as well as you can um basically um half I think it was said that um they didn't know which brands they could trust so trust is also really important so trust reputation awareness are just huge in this market
which is interesting because the the um i suppose a lot of the conversations are around you know what it can do um and how it's helped others in the past but um i mean it, it, I can go about to you. We can both go back to the days, of, <laughs> the early days of, of, of kind of, you know, people by people first and everything else afterwards. And yeah. um, it may be that uh, from what I'm hearing, from what I read in the report, that there is this kind of disconnect. Uh, a lot of HR people feel that they're not, uh, that I suppose, effectively, they're being sold to as opposed to getting an understanding of, you know, what something could do for them. Um I- Absolutely. And, and, and actually, the, 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 the number one thing they said um, in the report, that, so the question was, in we asked HR managers what sources are most likely to influence their trust or perception, perceptions of a brand. And the number one thing was personal experiences. Um, so being very human, people buy from people. Um, and it's really important in this sector. Um Word of mouth, massively important. Brand content, brand experts, um, using the media to make sure your brand experts are being seen and heard and trusted as well. All of those things are really important. It's just, I'd say, just essential to keep reiterating your messages in different ways. I had a great conversation with um, one of the really good freelance journalists in this sector um, just a few weeks ago. And we were talking about how the HR media, for instance, um, they talk about the same subjects all of the time. They're always talking about organizational issues, whether it's DEI or well-being or productivity or, um, you know, tech. Those subjects are always going to stay the same. Um, So a journalist job, he said, was to make sure they're just moving the story on by 2%, you know, just a little bit each time the story has to move on so if brands can help a journalist or help move a story on a little bit through their guidance their insights their data what they're seeing that's going on in the market that can be really really helpful to hr now that's interesting because you've you've partly answered what i was going to ask you next <laughs> sorry which is no 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 what 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 <laughs> could what could suppliers, what can tech companies be doing to address this? And obviously, one of the things that's come out strongly from there is to, uh, I suppose, use data to tell a story um, to, you know, a, a lot of the, um, um, I suppose, a lot of people uh, from the HR uh, sphere who are, are coming to um, uh, coming to event, I was about to say, but are looking to buy, looking to invest in a solution, um, want to know um kind of you know i suppose you know the, the the story behind it how you know how it's got there what it's done for other people how it could uh support them and i suppose we need this firstly this this honesty almost from the vendor side about look you know if if, if it's not right or, or you need something that does this now ours doesn't quite do that but you know we can package it like it does or there, there could be a bespoke answer as well i mean what um you i know a lot of the time you're you're talking to hr people about their kind of buying decisions and their what's top of their minds um regard on the vendor side i mean do you have any conversations with them and what's the kind of advice you give them um so i would always say to be so when i'm talking to um my clients about talking to the media for instance um, I always advise them to be unbiased. Um, this is a market for providing guidance and education 
and insights and data. Um, as soon as you start selling something, you're going to lose um, the ear of the person you're trying to, you know, desperately trying to get to hear you. So um, education is fantastic. Um, and and however that's delivered is because there's a lot of ways you can deliver that. Education is really important. Um, and yeah, and being somebody that the HR people can rely on and, you know, turn to for support when they need it because there is so much change and they're trying to learn a lot they have a lot of different things they need to um have in their remit um and keeping on top of them is is a constant pressure so any support that could be provided is is really helpful okay um and how do you think uh we're talking possibly about what what the vendors need need to be doing um and the suppliers what do you think in terms of supporting HR from uh, either the external marketplace, people like you and me, or internally? You know, what 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 can organizations be doing to, I suppose, support their HR teams, their HR functions in making the right decisions on investing budget, on, you know, improving all the things we got to at the best? I mean, at the beginning, you know, better talent strategy, improving retention, employee experience and stuff. How what support do they need from either externally or internally, do you think? Well, definitely externally, they they need um suppliers to provide them with information that helps them make decisions you know they they need comfort in their decisions you know and so yeah so creating insights creating data that proves points creating um case studies that show how others have gone through the challenges and and made it through and 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 address some real issues is all incredibly helpful um i'm not saying any of that is particularly easy um, but um, vendors, suppliers, you know, brands that are focusing on HR have got some usually some really good information um, from, you know, it, I can have a conversation uh, with, you know, maybe somebody from the C-suite within a vendor or, um, you know, a subject matter expert and pick up so much information that's useful. So it's gathering those insights. It's gathering what the experts know about um, and sharing that in a in a in a. Um, logical way as we're coming to the end of the conversation from uh, the research you did and the report uh, and in the show notes um, I will put a link to that so people can see it was there anything else that came out of that 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 surprised you interested you or I've not really uh, spoken to you about today but you feel is is well worth um, discussing um I think the most interesting thing um for me um came out of the strength of feeling um, of how trust, how recognition, how brand awareness, and how those are so important to the buying decision. Um, and the, yeah, the data in there was really, really clear uh, that HRs are crying out for that. They they need to have that. So, and that, and I, and, and I love that because that's on, that's partially under vendors and suppliers control. You know, they they can make positive moves to make that happen. Um, and uh, yes, I would say, yeah, trust, brand, um, recognition um, and self and awareness is really, really important. It, sh it really shines out. OK, 
Um, if people are listening to this and, and want to connect with you and maybe find out more, uh, what's what's the best way to? Uh, well, absolutely, you? connect to me on LinkedIn, um, Kay Phelps, um, and um, the website is PR and HR, um, which is public relations in HR um, human resources. So PR and HR is our our brands, and there's all sorts of information and other reports um, on that site um, to, that can be downloaded. There's also we're also doing some new reports that we're working on now, which are actually analyzing uh, both the U.S. media. We're analyzing 1500 articles in the U.S. to understand what's going on in the in the U.S. And we're there shortly after follow that with probably a similar amount of U.K. publications and what they're talking about. So it'd be really interesting snapshots about what's going on. OK, and we're, we're, we're having this conversation at uh, the end of. Uh, 2023 and people will be listening to this in 2024 so i'm going to put you on the spot and you didn't know i was going to ask you this but um uh, do you have any prediction or predictions for what you think uh, i know the world of work or the world of human resources is going to uh, be like over the next year or so i think it's just going to be there's there's going to be so much change and so much fluctuation i think people HRs, employees, I think everyone's grappling with how things are going to turn out and, and not so much in 10 years time, but, you know, within the next year. So I think um, online learning is going to be a massive thing. I think well-being is still going to be enormously important. Um, DEI initiatives are still going to remain important. I'm sure of it. So I think um uh, what I do feel is that is HRs um, are still going to feel continual pressure. Um, and so supporting them in any way we can is, is, is a good thing. Hey, it's been a pleasure to talk to you and um, I wish you all the best for 2024. Thank you so much, Mervyn. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you.